All right, hands up if you've ever heard about a man named St. Simeon Stylites. Anybody? Here's a picture of him. Uh, he was born in what is now Turkey in about 386 A.D., and he became a Christian as a teenager, and very soon he adopted a very, very strict type of spirituality. So extreme, in fact, that after living at a monastery for a few years, the monks asked him to leave because he was a bit too radical for them. He did weird things. He would stand up straight for days uh, until he couldn't anymore, until he had to fall over uh, in an act of prayer. He would fast food and drink for 40 days, have nothing to eat or drink for 40 days. He would uh, chain himself to rocks while praying and strange stuff like this. Odd man. But his extreme acts of faith caused pilgrims from all around the world to come and see him. They would travel to, uh, just to see him do all these strange things. And they'd come and they'd ask him his advice on spiritual things. And after a while, Simeon got fed up with all these people who wanted to come and see him and famously at around 30 years old he he did something strange he climbed on top of a pillar and he stayed there the rest of his life 37 years he stayed on top of that pillar day after day night after night removed from the people all right shouting down instructions at them from time to time apparently people would lift food up to him on on ladders and he spent all that time, 37 years old, on that pillar praying. And he died in a posture of prayer all alone. Now, we're busy on a series called Jesus and People. And we're looking at how Jesus dealt with people in his life. Imagine if Jesus had chosen to climb up onto a pillar <laughs> and remove himself from the people like that. Imagine the whole story of Christianity would be totally different. But Jesus' ministry was effective because he did precisely the opposite of Simeon. He immersed himself in the lives of the people. Even though they were imperfect and even though they were draining, Jesus was most concerned with people's lives and their hearts and their actions. And so he invested his life not so much in outrageous um, acts of spiritual self-denial, although he was a man of spiritual discipline, but he invested his life in people, in people. His focus was loving people and pointing them to a God who loved them. And so we're doing a series on Jesus and people. A few weeks ago, Ralph kicked off the series uh, looking at how Jesus dealt with the authorities. Then last week, we had Barbara Underhill preach on how Jesus treated women. Today, we're on to part three, and uh, we look at Jesus and the vulnerable or the marginalized or the stigmatized. And so I come, let's turn to scripture and read of a time when Jesus interacted with a vulnerable person. We're going to read from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who've been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. 
But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. Thanks be to God for his word today. So here was a man in need, a man who was vulnerable because of the hand that life had dealt him, a man who was marginalized because of who he was, a man who no doubt dealt with terrible stigma day after day in his journey. Think of it, Jesus could have hopped on a pole and, and ignored him, but he didn't, he didn't. Let's look at what Jesus did instead and perhaps we can learn some lessons about the way we deal with marginalized people. Firstly, Jesus values the marginalized. Matthew says in verse 41, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus sees these people who are marginalized and who are victims who have been unfairly treated and he values them for who they are. He has compassion on them. Uh, This is what Barbara taught us last week in her sermon about women. In an age or in a culture where women were not respected, Jesus came along and valued them as human beings and gave them dignity just by recognizing them as precious. It's the same for all people who are marginalized or looked down on by other people. Jesus refuses to play that game and he sees these people and every person for who they are. Children of God, precious children of God. And he loves them and he has great compassion on them as human beings. How often you and I fall short on this. We treat marginalized people as less than human somehow. People of a different race to you, a different culture, you know, a different viewpoint, a different struggle perhaps. People of a different status to you. We don't even do it on purpose, but we find ourselves distancing ourselves from them and even despising these people who are different to us as less than consider this man who Jesus spoke to here he was a leper which meant that people didn't want to come near him people saw him coming and ran the other way people viewed him as unclean in God's eyes and so they thought they were better than him people literally would throw rocks at a man like this just so that he would leave And you know, leprosy was highly contagious and so lepers would ring a bell wherever they went and people could hear the bell and then run away or, as I said, throw stuff at the man so that he disappeared as well. And this is a little close to the bone today with the coronavirus being as contagious as it is. Have you noticed that there's this stigma? If you've caught it, maybe you've felt it. People treat you differently because they don't want to be near you anymore. Have you noticed how scared people are of simply looking each other in the eye in the shops? It's, it's a strange thing. It's as if we think that we'll catch it just by looking at people in the eye. And so there's this stigma attached to it as there was for this leper. He was poor. Uh, the wealthy probably looked down on him as well because he had no work. Just imagine the loneliness and the desperation of a man like this. Imagine the shame that he felt because of something that he couldn't control. Imagine the self-loathing as he looked at himself in the mirror in the mornings. 
Now, Jesus could have done what everybody else did. He could have thrown those stones. He could have shooed the guy out of town. He could have pulled a Simeon starlight, hopped up on a pillar, and uh, said, stay away from me to this man. But he didn't. When he looked at him, he saw more than anybody else saw. He saw more than a leper. He saw a precious human being, a precious child of God, created in God's image. Let me ask you, friends, are there people that you look down on because of who they are? People you've neglected to value, perhaps? People that you see, you see as a nuisance? Maybe you despise people simply because of their race or because of their culture or their sexuality or their personality or their past. Hasn't Jesus shown us a better way here today? His example should guide us to value everybody, even if they're different to us, even if they struggle in ways that are different to our struggles. I mean, is there a single human being on the planet whom God didn't knit together in their mother's womb? Is there a single human being around you who God didn't breathe his life into? Think for a second of how Jesus has loved you in spite of yourself. Of how he values you even with your struggles. What a world this could be if we treated those who are marginalized with the same love that Jesus has shown us. Oh friends, see past people's scars, see past people's damage, see past people's sins, see past what you don't approve of in people and value them as human beings. Be moved with compassion as Jesus was when you see anybody because everybody has been created in God's image, even the marginalized. Now, while I was studying this passage, I noticed something different. Uh, in verse 41, different translations said different things. Uh, some said that Jesus was moved with anger, or as the NIV says, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. Uh, certain early manuscripts say filled with compassion or filled with pity. But others say Jesus was filled with anger in that same verse. And so our modern Bible translators kind of weigh them up and pick whichever one they think is best. But I think perhaps there's a case for both words uh, being used here. Perhaps Jesus was simultaneously moved with compassion when he saw the man's state and moved with anger as he saw the people's lack of love for him. In fact, if you look at the life of Jesus, if there was one thing that really ticked him off, <laughs> it was injustice. It was people being treated unfairly and without compassion. And so when this man came to Jesus begging for help, Jesus saw his pain and saw his loneliness and saw his shame and was angry. Angry at the way people had, had caused this in this man. Angry at the isolation and and sadness that he saw in this man's eyes and in fact in this way Jesus really echoes the prophets of old who cried out against the injustice they saw in the land have a look at these words from the prophet Zechariah in the Old Testament he writes this is what the Lord Almighty said administer true justice show mercy and compassion to one another do not oppress the widow or the fatherless the foreigner or the poor do not plot evil against each other but they refused to pay attention. 
Stubbornly they turned their backs and covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law, to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. And so the Lord Almighty was very angry. Now we like to think that Old Testament God was angry and New Testament God is happy. But Jesus proves to us here that God gets mad when he sees people treated like dirt. That God gets angry when we turn our backs and cover our ears, as Zechariah just said. Jesus came to remind us that there's no room for that type of mindset in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God includes the marginalized and seeks to help them and love them. In fact, God seems to be the God of the marginalized. Throughout scripture, God is reaching out to those who need his help all the time. Those who are victims are on God's radar. He's their God. And he seeks people who will help him help them. What about us? Are we angered when we see people hurt by those in power? Are we Are we indignant, as Jesus was, when we see people who feel this way? How often we aren't. How often our faith is self-centered, individualistic. We become so wrapped up in our own little corners of the world that we forget to reach out. We neglect those who need justice. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. He is emphatically against injustice. And he lets his anger motivate him. That's what he does. He gets angry and he lets that motivate him to action. Because, you see, he goes on and he takes time to be with the marginalized. Number three. Think of it. Jesus could have tossed money this guy's way and then moved on. He could have healed him from a distance. He could literally have healed him without the man even knowing who did it. But he doesn't do that. He takes time to be with this man. And I think this is key for us today to realize the heart of Jesus is to deal with people and to spend time with them. Uh, Maybe you've seen Jesus Christ Superstar, heard that old musical, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, very controversial because it has some strange views about Jesus. And there's a scene in this musical which is fascinating. People start encroaching on Jesus, asking him to heal them. And it starts slow with a voice here and a voice there. And then the music builds up and builds up and gets louder and gets faster and more voices come. It's it's a fascinating piece of music. And soon there's a whole crowd singing frantically for Jesus to come and help them. And as it builds and builds and builds, Jesus snaps at the end of the song and he says, Heal yourselves. That's how the song ends. Kind of like Simeon Stylites on top of his pillar, right? Looking down on the people who want his help and just saying, get away from me. How wrong Lloyd Webber and Rice are. How misguided Simeon's plan was. This is not the Jesus way. Jesus didn't say heal yourselves to people. He valued people and he took the time to help them however he could. Oh, he, he withdrew away from the crowds to rebuild his strength, of course. But he, he gave himself to people 
and he gave time to people. Now let's be honest, people in need can be a nuisance. I have to be honest, it's happened to me. People in need can irritate you. You see that person at the stop street, you see that person ring your doorbell, and something inside you just jumps up and goes, come on. You just get mad because you don't want people to take away your time. Oh, but this is, this is not the way of Jesus. Jesus valued people enough to take the time to help them. In the 1980s, a man named Walter Wink wrote a book called Jesus' Third Way. It was banned in South Africa because it spoke out against apartheid, calling it evil, which it was. In fact, we've got a few copies here at MCNE. And in chapter 1, he writes these very challenging words. He says, The issue is not, what must I do in order to secure my salvation? But rather, what does God require of me in response to the needs of others? It is not, how can I be virtuous? But how can I participate in the struggle of the oppressed for a more, adju- for a more just world? Otherwise, our nonviolence or our faith is premised on self-justifying attempts to establish our own purity in the eyes of God, others, and ourselves. And that is nothing less than a satanic temptation to die with clean hands and a dirty heart. Whoa, ouch, heavy words, but true. Jesus was a man of, of the people, not so much concerned with individualistic piety, but with people-loving people especially those who needed love the most. In fact, do you remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? Jesus tells a story to illustrate who your neighbor is, which neighbor you're supposed to love. And in the parable, a Samaritan man gives up his precious time to help someone in need, something that a priest and a Levite, religious men, had failed to do. And Jesus lauds or applauds the Samaritan for Take giving of his time to help someone. Oh, don't let it be said that you and I are religious people like that priest and like that Levite who walk past the suffering because it's not worth our time to help. Maybe there's someone in your life today who needs some mercy. Maybe there's somebody who can benefit from the time you might give them. Just being with them, just loving them. Let's be people of Jesus who follow in his footsteps, giving up our time to those in need, not just sitting on our poles, on our pillars above everybody else. And let's remember that whenever we love someone who is marginalized or a victim of injustice, we're actually giving that love to Jesus. Because you see, Jesus aligns himself with the marginalized Do you remember Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 25? He talks about the end of the age when the real followers will be separated from the false ones, the sheep and the goats. And he says these famous words from verse 35 of Matthew 25. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? 
When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You want to know the wonder of the gospel? The wonder of the gospel is that Jesus came and became one of the marginalized. Jesus became one on the outside. Jesus became one who was despised by the people. Jesus became one who was unfairly and unjustly treated. Jesus became like that leper. Whenever we reach out to someone in need, we are reaching out to Jesus himself. Because you see, Jesus aligned himself with the marginalized, not with the rich and the secure. Let me illustrate it with this story from Max Lucado. A boy went into a pet shop looking for a puppy. The store owner showed him a litter in a box, and the boy looked at the puppies. He picked each one up, examined it, and put it back into the box. After a few minutes, he walked back to the owner and said, I picked one out. How much will it cost? The man gave him the price, and the boy promised to be back in a few days with the money. Don't take too long, though, in a caution. Puppies like these sell quickly. The boy turned and smiled. I'm not worried, he said. Mine will still be here. And so the boy went to work, weeding, washing windows, cleaning yards. He worked hard and saved his money. When he he had enough for the puppy, he returned to the store. And he walked up to the counter and laid down a pocket full of bills. The store owner sorted and counted the cash. And after verifying the amount, he smiled at the boy and said, All right, son, you can go get your puppy. And so the boy reached into the back of the box, pulled out a skinny dog with a limp leg, and started to leave. The owner stopped him. Don't take that puppy, he objected. He's crippled. He can't play. He'll never run with you. He can't fetch. Go get one of the healthy pups. The boy replied, no thank you, sir. This is exactly the kind of dog I've been looking for. As the boy turned to leave, the store owner started to speak, but remained silent. Suddenly, he understood For extending from the bottom of the boy's trousers was a brace, a brace for his crippled leg. Why did the boy want the dog? Because he knew how it felt, and he knew it was very special. You see, Jesus aligns himself with the marginalized because he himself came to earth and felt that pain, felt that isolation, felt what it was like to be rejected by all people. Jesus aligns himself with the marginalized because he knows how they feel. He's one of them. And so if we reject even one of them, we reject Jesus himself. So friends, if we look around, there are people being unfairly treated all over the place. People who are marginalized, people who are stigmatized, people who are victims, people treated unfairly, undervalued. You and I could choose to be like Simeon Stylites. We can remove ourselves from the people. We can sit on our own pillars or maybe our own couches and leave them be. Or we can look at this man, Jesus, who valued each person as a precious human being. We can choose to get indignant when we see injustice and give our lives to fight against it. We can choose to give our time to those in need. 
helping in whatever way we can. We can choose to come alongside those who are suffering like Jesus did. It's time. It's time to quit turning away from those who need our help, friends, and begin to turn towards them with the spirit of Jesus in our heart.